This is the Getsy Health Podcast with Janique and Tristan Roney. Hey guys, welcome back to a wonderful podcast. Oh, I don't even know if it's going to be wonderful because we haven't recorded it yet. Welcome welcome to a podcast (laughs) that we are recording for you right now. (laughs) I'm just going to go out on a limb and say, this is going to be wonderful. It's going to be boss for sure. So, So this one will be a little bit different than our typical format because we are not necessarily educating in this episode. This is more of a personal talking about how things are right now. Yeah. It's also a frustrating topic for us because um, there is a real issue with authority when it comes to health and and we are completely blind to it because that's just how we have been raised is to give up our our healing authority to doctors to I and I put in air quotes educated people. And there's a big problem with that. And this is way bigger than just nutrition and health, actually. Uh-huh. This is this is what we do in every aspect of our lives. Yep. We have developed a culture of expertise in America, but really in the West, mm-hmm. where people, they, they get PhDs or master's degrees, or they do something that goes above and beyond the average person's education. And because of that, we hand over our authority to them and say, all right, you make all these decisions for me because you're the expert on it. And while there's a purpose to that, and there is some utility to having a system like that, it has gotten so bad that it's almost too late for us to go back. Right. But that is what we're kind of going to talk about today. So this episode, we've called it the information turf wars because there are a lot of people out there that feel like you are not entitled to learning about your body because, and I don't want to, like this sounds really brass, but because you are too stupid to understand what's going on in your body. And that is simply not true. And so, so you're probably like, what is she talking about? So maybe this has happened to you. Maybe it has happened to someone you know, but they go to a doctor about a health issue that is not so inside the box of normal symptoms. And a doctor will say, well, there's nothing wrong with you. And this person potentially pushes back and is like, no, but it X, Y, and Z, can we please check these things? And the doctor will just poo-poo them down and be like, no, it's all in your head. Just take this medication. Like there's a lot of gaslighting in this industry. And a lot of women are either leave the office still feeling sick, but being told nothing is wrong with them. Maybe they need some psychological help. Or when they start to Google their symptoms, doctors will shame them over that and say, don't consult Google. You're just going to get confused. You've um, probably seen that that look on your doctor's face when they talk about Dr. Google. Because mm-hmm. I've seen it like a dozen times now where the doctor says, oh, did Dr. Google tell you that? And you can right. just see the condescension on their face, mm-hmm. which I get where it comes from again. Because the internet is literally full of all the information that's ever been out there. And half of that information, at least, is total garbage. Yeah. But in their mind, all the information out there is garbage. Totally. Therefore, any information gleaned from the internet must be inaccurate and bad and therefore should be rejected. 
And that's problematic. Super problematic. So this even goes more on like a personal stance for us because what Tristan and I do is we try to do a lot of educating online, mostly through Instagram. And we're trying to take really complex topics and break them down into simplified forms for everyone to understand so that they can feel more empowered about their bodies. But I occasionally will get pushback from people and, um, And they are typically doctors or nurses or med students or just college students, which is, I always find quite hilarious. (laughs) It's always the the more toward the beginning of their education they are, Mm -hmm. the more likely they are to feel like you have no business in their territory. Mm -hmm. And and so so I want to talk about why we shouldn't even think of knowledge as territory but how it really is and it's and it's it's wrong it this shouldn't be happening but yet it is happening on a subconscious level with your doctors with these so-called health experts and and so i i our hope with this episode is that you can become enlightened on this topic so that when you see it happening in your life when you see it happening to a loved one or a friend that you can say, listen, this is a basic form of gaslighting and it needs to stop. And not only that, they are not the expert on your body and your symptoms. You are. You're the expert and you have to, you are the one that should have the final say. You give them permission to tell you what to do, Mm -hmm. right? No matter what, even if you don't believe that, that is what is happening. Yeah. You are giving them authority. Yep. And they need to respect that. They need to acknowledge that they don't have authority over you until you hand it to them. And they should have to earn that. But in our society, that is a given. Mm -hmm. We are raised from birth to believe that they have the authority and we are supposed to do what they say because our lives depend on it. But that is not true. And in fact, because of iatrogenic injury and illness and death, we can say that you've got kind of so-so odds if you completely turn over your health to the hands of somebody else. So let's, let's go back to those iatrogenic deaths because um, probably a lot of you are like, what the heck is that? So the number one cause of death in America is heart disease or is it cancer? It's Uh, heart disease, heart disease first, then cancer. And then the third is iatrogenic deaths. So those are deaths caused by medical issues. So medications, hospitalizations, surgeries, medication uh, interactions, anything that has to do with doctors and hospitals and surgeries, basically. So that is the third leading cause of death. The third. So I, I actually, oh my gosh, I posted something on Instagram today that I thought was hilarious. And I'm going to pull it up right now. Sorry, guys. It says, the Journal of the American Medical Association said that people are five times more likely to die from prescription medication than drug abuse from overdose and heroin combined. Mm. So um, five times more likely than heroin and overdose of drug abuse combined. Isn't that interesting? That is really interesting and not entirely surprising. So the fact that we put so much faith into these, and I, and I put an air quote academics, these so-called experts in health, we put so much faith in them and we think they have all the answers. And the truth is that they are experts in what they have been trained. And so when I say medical doctor, they are an expert Mm -hmm. in medicine. What their job is to do is to put your symptoms in a box and then 
supply the drug that fits that box. That's it. They don't understand. They don't learn about nutrition. They don't learn about holistic healing means because that's not medicine. Medicine is drugs. Okay. So when we go to our doctor and we, we think that they should understand the bigger picture, the underlying cause, like the root of what is happening here, their job isn't to figure that out. One, they don't have enough time. But two, like their job is to just to give you the Band-Aid. And now I don't want to diss doctors completely. There are so many incredible doctors and there is a time and a place for doctors. But this is my issue. And surgeons are a completely different ballgame because there are so many wonderful surgeons that actually have the same point of view as we do, that they are horrified when they have patients come into their office and when they see the the list of medications their patients are on, their jaws just drop because, and these are the exact words I've heard from surgeons myself, is the amount of drugs doctors are giving is abusive and that shouldn't be happening. So anyway, so we think that these guys are experts and then we create this culture that they are the only ones, the only ones that have a say as to what can and cannot be said. And I, I think it's also important to point out that doctors are technicians, mm-hmm. right? They are trained to follow protocols. Mm-hmm. And some of them are, they've got really good memories, so they are better at following the protocols, but they are not trained to be sleuths, yeah. right? They aren't medical detectives that pour through all the data and find no. patterns that reveal, aha, Here's the great big answer. Yes, that occasionally does happen, but your average doctor is literally just a computer scanning through a list of symptoms, matching up with a list of medications and saying, okay, we've got matches here, 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 and here. These are the medications that we're going to give out. And that's fine. There's a place for that. But it becomes very problematic when we treat them as medical answer givers yeah. That know all, see all, tell all. Yeah. And that we're going to walk out of their office with the magic bullet that mm-hmm. solves all of our symptoms. Yeah. It never happens that way. And I, I don't know what the stats are, but I would imagine that a big chunk of people, once they start down the medication road, mm-hmm. they never come back from that. Yeah. They end up on those medications for the long term. Yeah which I don't think is how it was supposed to be when they first started the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But that is where it's ended up now. Yeah. And, and all of this is happening because we just implicitly trust them mm-hmm. with all of our decision-making, even when it feels wrong to us personally. Yeah. So we have this culture of elitists when it comes to education and knowledge. And they have, it, it's almost like information territory where they are the only ones allowed in this realm in this space and no one else is allowed to enter it. Not you, not us, Mm -hmm. no one. And that's where the majority of shame comes from is that we're we're just too stupid to understand it. And so I want to talk a little bit about laws actually around information because It's, it's interesting that we have this medical mafia, this like, I want to call it drug cartel. Well, it is. It's a, a medical cartel, mm-hmm. right? And there, there's all of these rules and all of these laws that are 
extremely gray and that we we have to be careful a lot of the time with this information that we provide on our podcast or in our clinic or on a one-to-one basis because there's a lot of things even though this knowledge is empowering it's teaching you about your body like not only are we working a lot in the gray but to have people who have been in school or have been to medical school or are medical students literally come and lash out at us publicly or online or privately in messages, Mm -hmm. basically questioning our authority. And they're like, well, who are you and why are you preying off of so many people? My (laughs) response is always, how is telling people to eat more vegetables preying off of them? And how is empowering people with knowledge so threatening? Like, why is this threatening? Right. And it's because you are taking your authority away from this medical machine. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem. That is what we have all been groomed to do is just bow down and take it and to listen and obey. Now, all of these laws that are set up are ostensibly there for your safety, right? They don't allow certain people to say certain things. They don't allow certain people to do certain things in order to protect you, the individual, from Mm -hmm. people with bad intentions that could injure you or kill you. Mm -hmm. However, way, way, way too much of the time, because of how politics works in our country, because of how money and power influence things in our country, those laws do not get written to protect you. They get written to protect the power of the money, Mm -hmm. right? And the money is the American Medical Association. Yep. It's the yeah, pharmaceutical yeah. Mm-hmm. association. Mm-hmm. It's the insurance companies, yeah. right? It's there. The power is is in their hands. And yeah. because they have the power, they make all the money. Yeah. And because they have the money, they get to influence legislation. Yep. I'm not just spewing stuff out. I'm not just some libertarian crazy person who thinks the whole thing is a conspiracy. Yeah. It's just how it works. And we see it happen over and over and over again. When these companies are caught and it is so obvious that they're breaking the law, that they must be punished, Mm -hmm. guess how they get punished? They have to pay out a few million dollars at most, which is like hours of income for them, right? It's not a big deal. It does nothing to interrupt their daily operations. Exactly. And it does nothing to influence their future behavior. And yet little guys like us- are constantly being held to a really an unrealistic bar where it's like, you can't say this, you can't do this, you can't do this. Mm-hmm. And really it's, it's normal day-to-day things like education, mm-hmm. you know, like consulting. In spite of the fact that we constantly are telling people, you don't have to take our word for it. No. Go research yourself, mm-hmm. go look this up. Yeah. And if it doesn't feel right, don't do it. Exactly. There are many different ways that you can approach this if you feel the need to do that. But just the fact that we provide information mm-hmm. and just the fact that somebody out there might believe us and listen to us makes us dangerous in the eyes of a lot of these individuals, a lot of these organizations. Well, and we're dangerous not because we ourselves are dangerous, but we're dangerous because we are educating a lot of people that are uncovering the wolf from people's eyes and they're seeing the problem at hand. They will never, they will never, ever, ever admit it. But ultimately we are dangerous because we are a challenge mm -hmm. to the status quo, to their power structure. 
And if we and people like us are allowed to continue to amass influence and continue to amass more and more others who then do the same for themselves and the people Mm -hmm. around them, then ultimately they lose their power, which means they lose their money and their influence, right? So they have to squash it from the very beginning while it's still young and small. Yeah. Let's talk about this this chain of hierarchy, right? Like those that are allowed to be the authoritarian figure, mm-hmm. right? Um, let's take doctors. They spend half a million dollars. They get indoctrinated in medical school. Mm-hmm. Basically go through like several years of hazing, right. you know? And like, of course, you're going to come out the other end with a superiority complex, right? Because you've done all these hard things. You did like 48-hour shifts at the hospital. Well, not not of course, because they don't all, right? Mm-hmm, right. But it is a very common outcome, mm-hmm. especially if you went into it in the first place because yeah. you wanted to be that authority figure, yeah. right? You mm-hmm. wanted to have a certain amount of uh, cachet in your social circle. Yep. And so there's this culture of creating the elitism for one, because Mm -hmm. of all the medical hazing and the financial hazing too. But then there are people also who are doing that alternative doctors Mm -hmm. that are, are even looked down upon as well, Mm -hmm. you know, because they are not walking the straight and narrow. Another thing, another thing that's really, really sad and frustrating. And I, and I want to go back to this, this kind of cultural grooming of just trusting these authoritative figures is we have been taught to not trust ourselves anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been taught that we can't understand these things. We don't, we don't have the right or the right education and knowledge to be able to do this. We've been taught to just go to the doctors and what we really need to do is learn the language of our bodies again and to understand the symptoms. It's not that hard. Once we can go back to listening and learning, you, you don't need a medical degree to do that. You don't. It's, it's really, it can be as simple as reading some stuff on Google, reading, like there are books out there that are so informative and yet anyone can understand them. Mm-hmm. We all should be our own advocates. We all should be our own experts on our bodies. And honestly, we should all be looking to various sources Mm -hmm. of information so that we can say we are really informed. And then listening to your intuition, Mm -hmm. checking things out, verify, Mm -hmm. right? And then make a decision based on what feels best. Exactly. Because once again, if, if, the medical system was set up in such a way that people were overwhelmingly getting good results from it Mm -hmm. that were resulting in short-term medication use and long-term health benefits. Mm -hmm. Fine. That could be be a problem. That could be the end of the conversation. But the fact is that too many people enter that system and never come out. Not that they die, but that they end up on the treadmill of, treatments and medications and surgeries and more treatments and more medications and more Mm -hmm. surgeries and their health doesn't improve. It continues to deteriorate. Yeah. I probably get at least between 10 and 20 people reaching out to me a week on, and these aren't even our clients. Like I won't talk about our clients because you know, HIPAA and whatnot, but like people will reach out and say, I pushed my doctor for answers. They pretty much fired me or they refused to do testing or they didn't believe me or they prescribed me anti-anxiety or antidepressants or something like that. And 
the reason why people look to the alternative is because of all of this. Um, Mm -hmm. I want to share our story of how we kind of got to where we were Um, when Tristan was going through chemo and radiation. uh, We started researching pretty early on. And I remember we would send research over to his doctor on certain, like, I I think one research article that we came across was about a choline enzyme that helped to break down choline and showed that in conjunction with chemotherapy was very anti-cancerous. And I remember in the beginning sending off like papers and said, what do you think? Is this something we could try? And we would get crickets, you know, Mm -hmm. like nothing. And then we would send more things and, or they would be like, oh yeah, I'll read that some other time, Mm -hmm. you know? And I remember even asking like his surgeon about anti-angiogenic drugs, which basically it's a drug that doesn't, like a Vastin, it's a drug that doesn't form new capillaries. It prevents Um, your body from creating mm -hmm. new blood capillaries and new blood vessels. That's what I meant. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And, and I remember saying, well, can't we start on certain things like this? And they would say, oh yeah, if we need to. And like they, they kept brushing off all of these suggestions. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, like they are never going to listen to us. They are never going to think outside of the box with us. This isn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember being really frustrated but not only that, so I was pregnant during the time Tristan was going through chemo and radiation and I had to be induced because I had four centimeters of amniotic fluid and I was two days away from my due date. And you're so supposed to have a lot more than I had that. Like 15 centimeters, like yeah. 15 to 20 or something. So I had very low amniotic fluid, like dangerously low. Anything below five is extremely dangerous. Anyways, long story short, she was small for gestational weight. And um, they kept doing, like, they wanted to do a bunch of blood work on her because I had my history of Graves' disease. And, and she, by the way, she was only like a few ounces short of where the minimum is for so her gestational five age. Five pounds, seven ounces. And they want her, they wanted her, because of her gestational age, they wanted her to be like five and 10 ounces, mm-hmm. right? It was not that much different. It was a right. little bit low. Right. But because she was below that cutoff, they treated her completely different. Right. So, sorry, go on. So, but not only that, but they poked and prodded her every hour because they were checking her blood glucose and checking this. And they were like, they wanted to just do tons and tons and tons of tests. And I was like, but why? And they're like, well, because of your history with Graves' disease. Mm-hmm. So they wanted to do some blood draws. And I'm like, you know what? You guys have poked her enough. Like, I'm pretty well versed with Graves' disease because I researched my own and I know symptoms of Graves. And when we were in the hospital, they actually forced us to stay for 48 hours, not the usual 24 because she was small. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it was really frustrating because every hour the doctors would come in and be like, we need to do these tests because I was super overwhelmed and traumatized and everything from the labor and whatnot. But luckily my friend was a nurse who worked at this hospital and she advocated for me. And she, oh my gosh, she was, she was heaven sent. And she put a sign on my door to, to basically tell the doctors to leave me the F alone, Mm -hmm. you know? And so the doctors would go to her and be like, Hey, is she ready to talk to us? And my friend would be like, Nope, go away. Every hour they came to the door. Well, is she ready now? Nope. Nope. She's nope. She just wants to be left alone. Her baby's fine. Everything's fine. All her vitals are fine. You've checked her baby's vitals for the past 12 hours. There's nothing to be worried about. Also, I want to mention this was a training hospital. So they were notorious for over testing things just so that their doctors could get trained. Not just over testing, but over treating. Over treating as well. And 
mostly these were the pediatricians. This mm-hmm. was not the labor and delivery team. This yeah. was the the pediatrician team. And they were so frustrated with us that they threatened to take custody away from us mm-hmm. in order to do what they needed to do. Right. So anyways, they wanted to test her TRAP, which is a um, antibody for Graves' disease. Mm-hmm. And I said, no, like we can test her in a few weeks if she is symptomatic of this. And so every hour they were like, are you ready for TRAP? Nope, I'm not, I'm not. And then the head pediatric doctor after like 24 hours, she came in and she started talking to me and she was like, oh no, it's okay. We don't need to do that testing anymore. And I'm like, wait, the TRAP testing? And she's like, no, it was actually this other testing. I know all the terms are really confusing. <laughs> and I, do you remember that? Yeah. Oh yeah, super condescending. And I was like, wait a second. There have been four nurses mm. bugging me for TRAP testing, three doctors bugging me for TRAP testing. And now you're going to stand in front of me and completely lie mm-hmm. and say, that's not what you guys wanted. Like completely, like blatant lie. And it was so frustrating because not only did I hear it and my husband, but my friend who was a nurse was there and was just irate. But here's the thing is like, I was treated like an idiot. I was treated like I didn't know any better. I was treated that I didn't know what was best for my child. I didn't know what symptoms were. Essentially, they were saying, you are too dumb for your own safety Mm -hmm. and the safety of your children. And so they badgered me over and over and over. And then when we were trying to have a discussion, she completely changed her tune because they realized they had nothing. Mm -hmm. They had nothing left. She completely changed her tune and was like, oh, I'm sorry. You were so confused by all of these medical terms. And I'm like, I (laughs) understood them just fine. Thank you. But this kind of stuff happens all the time. And Satori passed all of the tests that they gave her perfectly. She never actually had any issues whatsoever. They continued the whole, we need to test everything thing Mm -hmm. for months afterward. Yeah, We went in for ultrasounds so many times and they never found anything. She was a healthy little girl. We could tell she was a healthy little girl. We were not endangering her in any way whatsoever. All of the stuff they were trying to do, all the tests they wanted to do, all the medications they were considering. Was just for their own training purposes. Based purely on the fact that she was a little bit small. Mm -hmm. And by the way, she's still a little bit small and thriving. She's tall and skinny like me. (laughs) Just like her mom. um, But but the reason why I tell you the story is just because like this happens far too much. And um, it happened with Tristan's cancer. It happened with my experience in the hospital. It happens with our clients all the time. And that's why they are out there seeking second opinions. Basically what they're looking for and they don't even know it is someone to advocate for them. Mm-hmm. Someone to say, I see you. I know that your symptoms are real and I'm going to help you ask the right questions to find answers. How many people have we talked to who they come in for the first time and they start telling us what's going on and partway through they break down in tears and basically say, I've never had anybody actually listen to me before. Mm-hmm. Everybody has made me feel like I'm crazy until mm-hmm. now. Right. And all we did was listen yeah. and say, yeah, that's valid. Mm-hmm. Your experience is real and it deserves to be taken seriously. Yeah. We're not just going to tell you, you need to go see a shrink. Exactly. And I used to be a shrink. Mm-hmm. So what does that tell you? Right. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have all the answers. Now, to all our listeners, I really want to uh, commend, is that the right word I'm looking for? Like, I suppose. Commend you on, like, one, your tenacity, because a lot of you reach out to me and tell me your story and you say, but I'm advocating for my child or I'm advocating for myself or I am excited to learn more. I want to learn more because 
of X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. And so I think there is this cultural shift where people are recognizing that the medical industry can only take us so far and that they are not finding answers for us. And so I really want to commend all of you for still listening to us rant and rave against the medical machine. And if you are listening to us seething with anger because you are a part of that establishment and you consider what we are doing to be dangerous, then it is your responsibility to help educate us Mm -hmm. and help us to do better because we aren't going to stop. We have zero intention of walking away from this. Mm -hmm. We are going to share what we know. We are going to share our experiences and the experiences of people we work with until they drag these microphones from our cold dead hands. (laughs) And so if you really do believe that we are giving bad information and you have evidence to back that up, Mm -hmm. because we do believe in evidence. We believe in real science, not the worship of science. Then bring that to us, educate us, help us to do better for people in the future. I can't remember if I was just talking with you or if if it was during the recording, like how someone today on Instagram said, what I was teaching was dangerous. Yeah. I was like, and I was taking advantage of people. And it was, it was a post on eating sugar and how it metabolizes in your liver and I replied and I'm like, what is, how am I trying to take advantage of people? Like, um, do you see me selling sugarless candies for my gain? Like, how is me teaching people about their bodies profiting me? By the way, here's something important to know about us. We have the means to not do this. It's, we, yeah. could, we could walk away from all of this and live our lives completely in peace Mm -hmm. until the day we die. And it would be a very peaceful life. We work really hard. We spend long, long hours Mm -hmm. both accumulating information and sharing information and helping people to feel empowered. And it's hard and it's stressful. Mm -hmm. We don't have to do this. We do it because we love it. Mm-hmm. And because we care about what we believe is our mission, yeah. and that is to empower you to make your own health decisions yeah. and to be a partner in your health care. Exactly. But going back to the piece of this education that we are giving people, because I've had several people tell me what I am saying is dangerous. Medical, and I put it in air quotes, medical experts saying that what I am teaching people is dangerous. Now, I want to remind you guys the third leading cause of death in America is iatrogenic causes. The medical system. The medical establishment. I have yet come across anyone who died from eating too many vegetables, <laughs> who died from eating too much fruit, who died from cutting out gluten and dairy and soy from their diet. Please show me those statistics because I cannot see it. So do you guys see this power struggle of how these medical professionals are pointing at everyone else and saying, what you're doing is dangerous. Take this drug instead. You taking power back is wrong and dangerous. Listen to me instead as I give you medication after medication. Where in the world does that make sense? How is that okay? How is that normal? That makes zero sense to me that teaching people to eat more vegetables is dangerous. The ideas that we espouse are very ancient ideas that have existed since the beginning of humankind, mm-hmm. right? The, the foods we recommend, and primarily that's where it stops. We recommend foods, right? Mm-hmm. Eat healthy foods. is not new. The medications, those are new. Yeah. That's a very, very recent invention in the scope of humanity. Right. And they all have very well-established side effects. Yeah. Many times those include death. 
And so what they're basically saying is ignore centuries of accumulated wisdom in favor of these established toxins that accomplish goal one at the cost of goal two. And sometimes goal two is staying alive, right? Yeah. So, hey, we got your cholesterol down, but you're dead. Mission accomplished. High fives. So so really, we don't make this stuff up. Um, We don't sit at our dinner table together and say, all right, what can we invent this week that we're going to tell everybody and see what happens? And see how we can take advantage of them. Yeah. 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 We, we have, we have no good reason to try to take yeah. advantage of people. Yeah. It's way too much work. It doesn't pay well enough no. <laughs> for us to do this, right. to take advantage of people. We're sharing it because we believe it's important. We're sharing it because the system is set up against you and you need an advocate to help you recognize how that system is set up against you yeah. and to help you recognize what you can do to re-empower yourself. And at the end of the day, if you want to tell us to take all of our information and shove it, we will happily do so. And you can go on your way, find somebody else with mm-hmm. a medical degree or yeah. whatever it is you need to feel better and and we'll be fine. Yeah. Because we're just offering knowledge And we are offering you an opportunity to take that knowledge and either verify it or invalidate it. Yeah. And that's the end of the conversation because we don't try to take any authority. Mm -mm. We want to give you the authority. Yes. That's it. That's, that's it right there. So you are the, you are the authority. You are the decision maker. Like it is your body, your rules. Mm -hmm. When that pill goes into your mouth, it's because you decided to do it. And not because you were bullied into it or or fear-mongered into it. Granted, they they will try all of that. Mm -hmm. But in the end, nobody can legally force you to take their medications. That requires your consent. Mm -hmm. And what we are telling you is that because it requires your consent, you have the ability to take away that consent and make a different choice. Unless you have a child that has cancer, then you're forced to do it. Well, do we want to go there? No. (laughs) That's a a dark and scary place to go. But yes, when it comes to children, the rules tend to change. Mm -hmm. When it comes to kids and your child has cancer, and I think, is it true in all states or just most of them? I would imagine it's all states. I don't Um, know though. We don't know, but you guys can look that up. But if your child has cancer, you are forced to do what the doctors tell you. We know know people who have fled the country Mm -hmm. in order to maintain their ability to make medical choices for their children because cancer became involved. And these are not people who want to kill their children. They're not people who think, oh, we just don't feel like doing chemotherapy. Right. They're also not stupid people who have mm-hmm. been misled by charlatans. These are people who did real research. But but again, going back to the culture, like in this world, it's doctors are smart and everyone else is not, you know? And so, yeah, we know they're not stupid, but in this realm, in society, in the news, like they will always be portrayed as ignorant and stupid and, you know, just... Hippies, basically. uh, On that note, we need to talk about gatekeepers Mm -hmm. because power structures are dependent on gatekeepers to maintain mm -hmm. their power. It's kind of like, okay, if you guys have watched The Handmaid's Tale, it's the Aunt Lydia. (laughs) She's the gatekeeper, right? Like, okay, so there's a show called Handmaid's Tale and it's it's this... Dystopian, dystopian society. Future. Yep, where women are basically certain women are basically forced to have babies like against their will or 
anyways, long story short, the men are like the power structure and the women have no say, no do. But then there are women within that structure who help to keep the other women down. They, they have are power the, over the other women. But not over the men. And, and they are the gatekeepers. And they do the enforcing so, <laughs> so the, the men ant, don't so, have to. So we're going to call these gatekeepers the Aunt Lydia's of the world. <laughs> so, so these gatekeepers are the ones that are constantly demanding proof of your validity, right? Mm-hmm. They're the ones that say, what are your credentials? Yep. They're the ones that say, who gave you the right to say such and such or mm-hmm. do such and such? And what's interesting about this is that you could be a medical doctor who went through the right gates, mm-hmm. right? You got the approval of the gatekeepers because you went to medical school, even though you got maybe a semester's worth of nutrition education and you're allowed to give virtually whatever advice you want, mm-hmm. no one questions you. On the other hand, you could spend 15 years researching nutrition mm-hmm. in excruciating detail, mm-hmm. becoming the most intelligent nutrition expert the world has ever seen, mm-hmm. but you didn't go through the right gate. You don't have the right letters after your name. Yeah. You are invalid and you are a danger to the flock. What was it that you just said? It's like, no one questions you, but no one holds you accountable either. When you're a doctor mm-hmm. and like something goes like, because again, like the third leading cause is death and there are no repercussions to that but, because there's so much legal work that goes into that. There's that's like, not entirely true either because if even as a doctor, mm-hmm. if you start challenging the power structure, mm-hmm. they will take you down. Or changing the order of how things are done, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah, right. you can get in trouble. So again, the only factor that really matters is, are you supporting the power structure Mm -hmm. or are you a threat to the power structure? And if you are a threat, whether from inside or outside, they will find a way to either invalidate you Mm -hmm. or remove your rights. Exactly. Where do we go from here, guys? What's the answer? Well, maybe maybe we should answer a question that mm-hmm. has been on a lot of people's minds because of how the gatekeeper structure works. And mm-hmm. that is, what are our credentials? What is our right to be here doing this podcast, telling people about health and nutrition and all of that? Well, do you want to go first? I mean, I, I mean the, the, the short answer is we have none, mm-hmm. right? Neither one of us are medical doctors or nurses mm-hmm. or physician's assistants. Yeah. We're not even chiropractors. Yeah. We're not nutritionists or dietitians. Yet. We're both in courses. To We're working on nutrition. Guess, guess how much they care about that in the power structure. No one cares about that in the power structure. Virtually right zero. Virtually mm-hmm. zero. We actually have had training in certain areas and courses. Um, but again, it's it's not recognized training. With some of it, we're going to get initials behind our name, yay. But I do want to bring to light other people in our space that are making waves and yet are not doctors and they don't have fancy letters behind their names. People mm-hmm. like um, the Bulletproof guy, Dave Asprey, right? Mm-hmm. What was his story? He was sick. Doctors couldn't find him answers, so he had to find them himself. Mm-hmm. And he came up with not only his own answers and he figured out how to biohack his way back to health, but he created this company called Bulletproof, right? And you've probably heard of it. Mm-hmm. They make coffee and, and yep. low carb foods and all kinds of great stuff. Who are, so you brought up some other people like- Mark Sisson, mm-hmm. who he wrote a book called The Primal Blueprint. And mm-hmm. it has become one of the leading paleo diet books out there. Yep. He also started a company called Primal Kitchen, which makes some of the best products you can find in the grocery right. store. Mm-hmm. Uh, fantastic guy. 
Um, One of my favorites. Now, he is an acupuncturist, but this dude has created a massive medical empire. He employs tons of doctors and nurses. He actually trains them. And his name is Chris Kresser. And he is fantastic and so knowledgeable. He knows but, more than just about anybody I've ever come across. But again, he was so sick mm-hmm. and he had to advocate for himself because no one could find answers for him. Doctors failed him time and time again. And so he super sleuthed his way, mm-hmm. biohacked his way back to health and then started training people and creating courses and training doctors and employing doctors. And so, so he gets to say, I'm not a doctor. I just train them. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, there's, there's Ben Greenfield who is a, a personal trainer initially. Mm-hmm. And now he has one of the most listened to podcasts out there in the, the fitness and health world. Mm-hmm. And he has tons and tons of people listening to what he has to say. Yeah. Not because of his credentials, no, but because just like all these other people, he has put in the time to learn the information yep. that leads to real health. Mm-hmm. And he has proved it with his own life, yes. just like all these other people, just like we have. And other people in following in his footsteps have received similar results. And that right there is the definition of the scientific process. Yep. All right. You have a there problem, you come up with a hypothesis, you test that, and then you mm-hmm. evaluate the results and adjust the system based on what the results tell you. Right. That's it. You don't have to have initials after your name to do that process. No. no. And and that is the best part of this, you guys, is that you can do this too. Like you don't have to create like an empire of products like Bulletproof, but you can find your answers. You can biohack your way to healing again through collecting information and knowledge and trying and testing things out and going from there, listening to us, listening to people like us, you know, um, Turn into an information rat and become your own expert in your health. Learn about the symptoms of your body. Learn about the language of your body and what it means. Why dysfunction is created in the body. What is that mechanism? You do not need to be a medical doctor. You do not need to go to 10 years of schooling and education. You do not need to take extensive anatomy and physiology classes four times over like I have, <laughs> but like you, you don't, you really don't. And that is the beauty of this, taking that turf, the information turf back. And when you get to this place, the beautiful thing is that suddenly all the different types of experts around you become a part of your team mm-hmm. rather than your decision makers. Yes. So that doesn't mean you throw your doctor to the wind, right? Mm-hmm. Your doctor becomes one of your many consultation partners yep. that you go to for their realm of expertise. Mm-hmm. And you say, thank you for that information. I'm going to take that into consideration with all this other information that I'm getting from all these other sources. And then I'm going to make a decision based on what feels right to me, based on what the real world evidence suggests mm-hmm. is going to happen. And based on what other ever information I've got. Yep. And that is true empowerment. And that doesn't mean that things are always going to turn out well for you, Yeah, but they weren't going to anyway in every single case. What it does mean is that you get to own your life. You get mm-hmm. to own your decisions and you get to own the outcomes of things that happen. Yep. And nothing is more likely to lead to a better outcome ultimately than owning the results of what you do. So 
create your own, your, your dream team of your medical professionals that might include a doctor. Cause again, there are so many wonderful doctors out there. I mean, really, I think we are fairly severe on medical doctors, probably because we work with so many, like almost all of our clients have been burned by doctors, by medical doctors. If, and if, so- if most medical doctors weren't creating issues, then we wouldn't need to say all this stuff. Right. But the fact is that if you were to just gamble and roll the dice to see which doctor you get, they're probably going to fall into the camp of don't question me, just yeah, do what I tell do you to do. Do as I say, yep. So you guys find your dream team. Fire doctors that you need to. Find the right ones that that are aligned with you, that help you feel empowered, that allow you to actually question them mm-hmm. and question their protocols and have a intelligent conversation versus them just trying to get you out the doors fast as possible so they can start billing your insurance. I mean, how great would it be if your doctors had to justify their recommendations mm-hmm. the way that everybody else has to justify their recommendations, right? Mm-hmm. We, we, we give a recommendation to somebody and their first question is almost always, well, how did you get to that answer, right? Like, Mm -hmm. what is your justification for making that recommendation? And we're more than happy to give it because we shouldn't just be given blind authority. And the same thing happens there. By the way, going back to our credentials, I can tell you a few things that make us at least something to consider. Mm -hmm. One is that through our individual training, we learned how to do research. We learned how to understand research and read research and question research. Mm -hmm. And that already puts us head and shoulders above so many medical professionals who aren't even taught how to read the literature. In fact, the only reason the literature is there for them is so that they can point to something when people do question them, but they don't know what's in it. They don't know how strong the evidence is. Mm -hmm. They just know that it's there. We know it's in there. We know what the details are saying and how, how strong that evidence is. Right not just what it says. And we care. We're just like you, right? Mm-hmm. We didn't go through the indoctrination process. I wouldn't say we're like you. We are you. We're just, we're you. We, we've had health issues before. That's and deep. <laughs> we are one. <laughs> no, like, United we stand. There is nothing special about us. We no. are just people that encountered really horrible health issues and had to figure out how to crawl our way out of that yucky hole because the medical world gave us no hope. Mm -hmm. So we had to create it. And we both happened to be nerdy enough that our passions kind of corresponded with each other on this. And so Mm -hmm. we're both okay with the fact that it's 740 on a Sunday night and we're doing this instead Mm of hanging out and relaxing. We should like sit down after (laughs) this and just watch a show (laughs) and like just mind numb, but we're probably going to get off of this and then reply to emails. So really ultimately we're just a, a nerdy marriage that both happens to be really passionate about nutrition and health. And so we spend all our free time studying it and discussing it and arguing about it and Mm -hmm. putting it together in podcasts. And, and so hopefully what you hear from us is at least intriguing. We don't want you to take it as the final word. We say this every single episode, right? Don't, don't just walk away and do what we tell you to do. Look it up, verify it, challenge it, question Mm -hmm. it, destroy it. If that's what your research leads you to do. (laughs) But hopefully we've started the conversation. Hopefully we've started the mental process Mm -hmm. that causes you to challenge everything else in your world and ask yourself the question, is this empowering to me or is this turning me into a passive recipient Mm -hmm. of what the system wants? 
because the system cares ultimately about two things, money and power. Yeah. They are not there to make you the healthiest person possible. No. They don't have time for that. But they do care that they're getting their money from your insurance payments, from your medical bills, from your pharmaceutical purchases. Yeah. I mean, to the pharmaceutical company, a person healed is a client lost. And I say that almost every episode. I mean, that applies to us as well. Mm-hmm. But like I said, we don't expect to get rich off this. No. We aren't going to get rich off this. We don't need to get rich off this. Yeah. We just want you to feel empowered. We just want you to ask questions and force the people around you to justify their recommendations so that you can make the best possible decision for yourself and for your families. There you go. There you go, guys. So hopefully you learned something new today. Remember that this information turf war, it it shouldn't be a thing. Like you are entitled to education and self-empowerment and knowledge. Um, So if there is anyone out there that tries to shame you or throw their credentials in front of you, don't let that intimidate you. Honestly, my hope is that over the next decade, there's going to be this massive movement where doctors are going to be forced to change because the people are changing and shifting and they are demanding more and know they are entitled to more because you are, you are entitled to better treatment than this. And as you change and as your doctors change, Mm -hmm. the power structure will have no choice but to also change because it'll need to do that to survive. And that's Mm -hmm. a beautiful, beautiful thing. Now, one last thing before we go, unless there's something else you want to say. Okay. Um, We are putting together right now, Jenny doesn't know this, (laughs) but we're putting together a dream list of people that we would love to have on the show. And pretty soon we are going to post that online. And if you have any contacts with any of these people on the list, I don't know where we're doing this. We would, I know (laughs) we would love, love, love for you to get them in touch with us and ask them if they would consider coming on to educate us as well as you. Yeah. Because again, we don't consider ourselves the ultimate experts on anything. No, We're just trying to learn as much as we can, as fast as we can. And, and some of these people that are going to be on the list, they are, are, are superheroes, right? right? That they've been doing it longer than us. They're better at it than us. Yeah. And we want them to help us do a better job of what we do. For you guys. For you guys. Exactly. So, so keep your eye out for that list. It'll be up soon. (laughs) Also, um, you guys, if you like the podcast, please leave a review um, or in a comment. We would love to uh, know how we can best serve you guys. And if you're interested in doing a free consultation with us, Mm -hmm. go to gutsy.ch slash consult and you can find a time to to book and chat with us. You don't have to be local. It's over the phone and um, it's about 15, 20 minutes where we just ask you some questions and kind of give you some direction from there. It's the best way to get started on your new health journey towards Mm -hmm. a better outcome. If anything, we just brainstorm ways on questions that you can ask your doctors. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Thanks for wanting to stay informed and empowered and take your turf back. That's right. We love you and we respect you. Have a great week. Bye.